Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619-988-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-988-0924. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, Shay. We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And um, I'm going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about the idea that, the, uh, that America is founded on Christian principles, Judeo-Christian, the Judeo-Christian religion. Um, in Texas right now, there's an interesting thing happening where they're reviewing their textbooks and trying to find out uh, if they want to use the same textbooks and, and uh, change their standards and so forth. And because Texas is so large, wherever text, whatever Texas chooses for their, their books, a lot of times they have a heavy influence on uh, what's happening in the rest of the country, so what books um, other states use. And there's a reference in their social studies textbooks in high school to Moses as being influential in um, the laws that we have in our country. And so that being the case, uh, some people are really upset that there's a reference to Moses in uh, the, the social studies textbooks for public high school students. Some people have complained about this or saying, hey, this shouldn't be the case. 
And they're saying that, hey, our nation wasn't uh, founded on Christian principles. Therefore, uh, there's no reason to have a reference to Moses. So what I want to do today is go through a bunch of the evidence that actually uh, hard evidence that demonstrates that our, our country was founded on Christian principles, Judeo-Christian principles. Sometimes I'm surprised that this is still an issue. It seems like it should be something that is settled, but it keeps popping up. And so um, until that goes away, it's worth talking about and uh, clarifying. So um, if you're interested on my website, there's a whole, um, there's a, a whole lesson on this actual subject because it is so important. Uh, there's a whole, uh, on Lesson 401, you can go to my website, educateforlife.org, and you can watch three different lessons that actually uh, give the evidence that not only was America founded on Christian principles, uh, Judeo-Christian principles, but it's important that it continue to be the case. And I know a lot of people are of the opinion that, hey, we're in a, post, we're in a post-Christian nation now, um, and some people, you know, feel like throwing up their hands and, and giving up, but the reality is, is that uh, that our Christian heritage, our Christian foundations are the best thing for the country. You have to ask yourself, if Christianity isn't going to be the foundation of the country, then uh, what else is it going to be? I, I mean, there's lots of options out there. Uh, in India, the, the foundation of the foundational philosophy for them is Hinduism. And so what does that mean? What, what is the impact? Well, the impact is things like the caste system, uh, which keeps people poor, right? If you're in a lower caste, it's very difficult to get out of that caste. And uh, you're stereotyped and uh, prejudiced against based on what caste you're in. They also have a a reverence for cows. And how does that practically affect them? Well, uh, if people are very hungry, they can't eat the cows that are right there, right? You can't raise beef to eat it. Um, And so that's going to affect you know, your economy, that's going to affect your ability to eat food. There's all sorts of things like that. You can look at countries like Iraq or um, Iran, which have as their foundational philosophy Islam, and ask yourself, well, is that something we want? Well, up until recently, women in in um, uh, Saudi Arabia, which also has its foundational philosophy as Islam, couldn't even drive uh, because, and, and even now, even now, under Islamic law, Sharia law, uh, it's dangerous for a woman to go out on her own simply because uh, her testimony in court is worth half that of a man. And that being the case, if a woman is walking along the street, makes eye contact with a man, he can accuse her of trying to seduce him uh, if there is no other man present to counteract this other man's testimony. So that woman, uh, it's dangerous for her to go out on her own without her husband, brother, son, whatever it may be. And you also want to ask yourself, okay, is that what we want? For America, well, I think most people would say absolutely not. Um, and what's happening in our in our country, though, is that people are becoming increasingly agnostic, atheistic, or skeptical, and so they're moving away from Christianity. Our country is moving more towards an agnostic uh, viewpoint. Now, we still have a, a very large percentage of people that claim to be Christian and say they believe in the Bible, they follow Jesus, but there are a lot of people fighting to get any reference to Christianity out of the schools. In Texas, uh, like I said, this is just happening. Um, they're arguing that there's a reference to Moses as being influential in the in the founding laws of our country, uh, which is absolutely the case. But they're trying to remove that because uh, they don't want even a reference to Moses in um, the social studies books, which to me seems uh, ridiculous that we even have to have this discussion. But here it is. Um, we, we are having the discussion, and it's a very real issue. So let's talk about how we know 
that Christianity is um, the foundation of this country? What evidence do we have that that is the case? Uh, now, before we hop into that, I want you to, to be aware, if you're in Southern California, I'm going to be speaking at the um, National Apologetics um, Conference uh, put on by Veritas International University. That's on October 13th. And um, I'm going to be uh, talking along with a bunch of other speakers, Stephen Meyer, including them. If you don't know who Stephen Meyer is, he's one of the founding, quote, fathers of the intelligent design movement. And uh, he wrote Signature in the Cell and many other things that are very, very compelling arguments for um, uh, an intelligent designer, a creator, a god who made everything. And so I'm going to be speaking with him and a variety of other speakers. If you want to be equipped to be able to defend your faith, uh, that's a great conference. That's on October 13th. Starts early in the morning around 8 or 9 a.m. and then goes all the way till uh, about 3 o'clock. I am the last speaker there and I'll be speaking specifically on the scientific foresight of the Bible. Also, something, if you're interested, I am now offering coaching and uh, discipleship classes specifically on how to share your faith and um, defend your faith. So using apologetics, sharing your faith on a regular basis in a way where you don't have to be afraid or feel awkward. My goal is to help people become comfortable sharing their faith. So I want people to, whether you're an introvert or you're an extrovert, I want you to be able to find ways to share your faith. So rather rather than battle against your personality, right? And, and you know, I know a lot of people they're very very fearful about uh, when they when they even think about uh, talking to somebody on the street about Jesus. Uh, they just get butterflies in their in their stomach. They get nauseous and they they uh, feel like maybe they're going to throw up. Uh, and uh, I have friends like this. And rather than constantly battle against our our personality temperament. Um, why don't we instead try to find ways to take our God-given gifts and use those um, to be, be become more evangelistic, to be able to share our faith more often? Um, so my hope through this coaching and discipleship class is to help you find ways um, that fit with your personality to become uh, more comfortable sharing your faith so that you're not awkward and afraid. And I've been doing this for quite a while. I've been teaching about this for 12 years to high school students, and um uh, and I love sharing my faith. It's one of the highlights of my, uh, of my time and, and days um, because I love to see it when it clicks with somebody and they go, whoa, wow, that makes total sense. And uh, we have some videos on my website um, showing that. If you're interested in the coaching and discipleship, go to my website, educateforlife.org. And uh, the, the coaching starts October 23rd. It's going to be Tuesday evenings. It's going to be a live online uh, discipleship coaching class with me. Um, and we'll have one hour of discussing and um, looking at your personality temperament and how, how are you going to be able to share your faith, and then we'll have question and answer and all that kind of stuff. So um, I hope you can check it out. Again, uh, it starts October 23rd. It's going to go for six weeks, and it's going to be an hour every Tuesday evening, 6 to 7 p.m. They will be recorded too, so if you miss a class, you can, you can catch up on it. Okay, so um, we're going to be coming up on a break here, but what we're talking about is what evidence do we have that America actually has a Christian and Judeo-Christian heritage. Um, So let's start off with this fact. There is no nation historically or present day that has ever been under the same piece of paper as long as America has been under the Constitution. Over 220 years, America has been under the same Constitution. People give lots of reasons for that. They might say, hey, we have a good amendment process, uh, whatever the case. But this is really amazing. 
And it, it does um, stand out among the nations of the world. Why is it that America has such a stable government and uh, political system that we have the, the constitution for so long? Brazil has been had seven constitutions since 1822. Poland's had six constitutions since 1921. Afghanistan had five constitutions since 1923. Russia, four constitutions since 1918. And France, even though their revolution started less than 10 years after America's, they're on their 15th constitution. And this is normal for nations throughout the world. So the question becomes, why is America so stable? What is it about our constitution or about our founding fathers that has allowed us to have such an incredibly uh, reliable document to govern our nation? Uh, we're coming up on a quick break here. So, um, but then when we come back, I'm going to talk about this. We're going to get into the details of what it is that makes our constitution so so uh, reliable and so stable. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Luke Gibson of LG Equipment supports Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Luke grew up in the construction industry and now serves LG's commercial and residential customers throughout Southern California. Whether you need grading, paving, hauling, demolition, on-site bulk water service, water trucks, tankers, and towers, call LG Equipment at 619-998-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-998-0924. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. I will cast my cares on you. Thanks for being with me today. This is Kevin Conover. You're listening to Educate for Life Radio. We're local in San Diego. We're now on FM station as well as on AM station. We're on AM 1210 uh, in San Diego, K-Praise. We're also on 106.1 in North, North County uh, FM. So uh, K-Praise is FM 106.1 in North County and AM 1210 uh, in San Diego. And uh, this show will actually air on the weekends, Saturdays, I'm sorry, Sundays at 10 p.m. Uh, if you if you like to stay up late on a Sunday evening, uh, please tune in. But you also can stream, my show's going to be streaming uh, live every Friday at 1230. Um, starting next week, every Friday at 1230, the show will be streaming on Facebook. And so love to have you tune in. We are talking about uh, America and whether it has a Christian foundation or not. You know, I was up at the Mount Soledad Cross back when there was this big debate over whether it should be up there or not. And I got into a discussion with uh, a woman by the name of Debbie Allen. At the time, she was the president of the San Diego Coalition of Reason. And she was arguing that America was not founded on Christian principles. 
And uh, even if many people, even if you could establish that it was founded on Christian principles, they would say, well, it doesn't need to be that way anymore. And so the question is, is what argument can we bring to bear that uh, demonstrates that we need to keep Christianity uh, as the philosophical foundation of our country? Why not have atheism, right? A lot of people will say, well, we should be neutral. Um, now, the agnostic means you don't know, right? So a lot of people choose agnostic. What they say is basically, hey, I don't know. Uh, let's just be neutral. Let's have uh, no philosophical foundation. But no philosophical foundation is a philosophical fa- foundation. It's the philosophical foundation of atheism or agnosticism. So you, there's really no neutral place here. It's not as if you can you can pursue neutrality. Um, you have to have a philosophical foundation. If it's if it's not Buddhism, right? If it's not Islam, if it's not Hinduism, if if it's not Christianity, well, it's going to be atheism or agnosticism, uh, which is a philosophical foundation in a, in and of itself. So, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, he was a French political leader and historian. Uh, he traveled America in 1831, and he wrote a book called Democracy in America, and he's where this idea of American exceptionalism comes from, uh, because he he's uh, famous for a quote where he said, the position of the Americans is quite exceptional. Now, in some senses, he was uh, derogatory towards America. He didn't always have good things to say about America, but he did say that America is in a very unique and special position um, because of its founding, uh, because of the fact that the founding fathers had a lot of history to look at and examine about what worked and what didn't work. So America is exceptional. Now, that doesn't mean that America is technically right uh, looking down its nose at other countries and saying, hey, we're exceptional and you're not. That's not the point. The point is that America has a unique situation and it has a unique amount of blessings. Most people today would say that, and, and this is a quote from an atheist, um, uh, Bill Nye, right, when he was debating, uh, he, he has a YouTube video, and in it, he says something really interesting. He says that uh, most of the scientific accomplishments in the world today, most of the scientific um, discoveries and uh, the progress that is made come from America. Now, I find it interesting because in that video, he's, he's being negative towards uh, Christianity and creation and the idea of cre- creation science and so forth. Um, but then he goes on to say, hey, we have more people in the world that believe in creation than any other place in the world. And then he also says, uh, we also have uh, more of the scientific discoveries in the world. Now, of course, he would say that's not a result of our belief in scientific creation. Um, but I would say actually that it is. Our Judeo-Christian heritage, the fact that we have so many people that take the Bible at its word, is actually what gives us um, our blessings, our success, our benefits. And if, if that case, if the case can be made for that, uh, then we have a good solid argument for why um, we should continue to have Christianity as the philosophical foundation of our culture, of our politics, of uh, all the important issues in our in our country. Uh, why should that cross stay on Mount Soledad? Well, because that cross represents where we get a lot of our ideas, a lot of our um, morality, and a lot of our blessings. And so uh, the United States con- Constitution was written in 1787. It was ratified in 1788. And it's been in operation since 1789. According to the Senate.gov website, the United States Constitution is the world's longest surviving written charter of government. Uh, That's incredible, right? So it was ratified by the required nine states by 1788, went into effect the following year, uh, superseding the Articles of Confederation. 
So why has our Constitution uh, done so well? It's got a lot of very, very original ideas. So, for example, one of them is unalienable rights. Uh, That is part of our declaration. But where does this idea of unalienable rights come from? Rights that cannot be alienated, meaning they cannot be separated from the person. That's a big deal. Uh, where, Where did this come from? No king would ever say, hey, I'm going to give you rights that nobody can take away. Uh, And so, according to the Declaration, they were given to us by God. Another very, very strange thing in our Constitution is consent of the governed, right? Um, It's government by the people for the people. Uh, But what king would ever decide, I'm going to uh, not govern you unless I have your consent to be governed? Uh, That's a very strange idea. And then, of course, we have separation of powers. But what king would actually want to separate power? Meaning, what king is going to say, I don't, I don't want all the power. Let me, let me give some of the power back. Why would a person do something like this? Uh, these ideas are very unique to our constitution, to our declaration, to our form of government. They're very valuable. Um, but where did these ideas come from? Now, founding fathers, one of the guys that the founding fathers praised more than any other is a guy by the name of John Locke. Right Now, there was a John Locke on the show Lost for a while. That's not who I'm referencing. I'm referencing somebody else, right? He lived from 1632 to 1704, and he was an attorney in Great Britain. He wrote the Constitution of Carolina. He was a theologian. He compiled a topical Bible. Now, a topical Bible, if you don't know, right? A topical Bible is simply a Bible that, that organizes the subject matter into topics. So, if you want to look up love, it has all the refer- references to love. If you want to look up grace, it has all the verses in order in grace. Uh, whatever it might be, he wrote a topical Bible. This this guy was not some, uh, you know, Christian, you know, uh, just a pew-sitting, uh, seat-warming Christian. He, he wrote his own topical Bible. That's incredible. He wrote the verse-by-verse commentary on Paul's epistles. He, he wrote a verse-by-verse commentary. And basically all he went was through all Paul's letters, he looked at it and told people what it meant. That's what a commentary is, if you don't know. And, and this is significant because John Locke is considered the father of almost all of Western civilization. The founding fathers uh, consistently looked up to this guy. And it's important to know who this guy was and where he was getting his ideas from. Because um, wherever he got his ideas from is where our Constitution and our Declaration came from to a large degree. And uh, my favorite thing about John Locke is that he was an apologist. He actually defended the Bible. That was a a big part of what he did. He wrote two books uh, called The Reasonableness of Christianity, in which he argues, I've read one of them, in which he argues um, why Christianity is so reasonable. It's interesting uh, what he was dealing with at the time when he was arguing for the reasonableness of Christianity was he, he was essentially saying that Christianity makes complete sense um, because he said, we all are sinners. We've made mistakes. God is just. He is moral. He has to punish sin. And therefore, Christ dying on the cross for our sins makes perfect sense, right? I've talked to some skeptics down at the beach or at Balboa Park or wherever I've been talking to people, and some people say, it makes no sense that somebody else would have to pay for my sins, right? Uh, Well, that's the whole point of mercy and grace, isn't it? That Christ was good enough and loving enough to pay for our sins. Even though we don't deserve it, uh, that's what Christ gave us. 
and uh, John Locke talks all about this in his uh, books, the, the Reasonableness of Christianity. Now, according to the Founding Fathers, the source that most influenced the Declaration of Independence was John Locke's book, The Two Treatises of Government. Richard Henry Lee actually claimed that the Declaration of Independence was copied from John Locke's book. Now, you're going to be amazed when I tell you how many times John Locke references Scripture in his book, The Two Treatises of Government. Uh, we're coming up on a break here, so when I get back, I'll tell you, this is, this is mind-blowing, how often John Locke references the Scriptures. And Hen- Richard Henry Lee says, our declaration was copied from this book by John Locke. Okay, stay with me. I'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619-988-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-988-0924. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tire wheels and service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530 and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. My name is Kevin Conover. I'm your host, and you're on Educate for Life Radio. My ministry is specifically dedicated to helping people defend their Christian faith and share their faith. That's what I, that's what I do all day long. Um, I, I teach 12, I, I've been teaching for 12 years. I teach seniors now over at Christian High School in El Cajon, and I teach young people how to defend their faith and how to have a vibrant faith. My, my hope and my goal is to help people uh, be able to navigate uh, the potholes in life, right? The things that, the, the sin that so easily entangles and overcome those things so that they can be better at sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others. The whole point of apologetics, which comes from a Greek word meaning defend, is to be able to defend the truth of Christianity. Uh, but if you can't, if, if, if you can't defend the Bible, right, then it's going to be difficult to share the truth of God's word because there's a lot of skeptics in society today. There's a lot of people pushing back 
against the truth of God's word. If you're interested in taking taking your walk with God to a, a different level, a new level, a higher level, you want to get engaged in the game, I'm offering a coaching and discipleship class. It's six weeks, one hour per week, 6 to 7 p.m. on Tuesday, starting October 23rd. Just go to my website, educateforlife.org, and you can um, sign up for the coaching class. And I'd love to have you join us and uh, strengthen your faith. And I, my guarantee to you is that you will, you will share your faith at least one time with somebody without feeling awkward or afraid. Uh, maybe you'll feel a little bit nervous, but um, you will be able to share your faith with somebody. Um, I will teach you how to do that in a way that you are comfortable with. So uh, please uh, check that out if you get a chance. I'd uh, love to have you join us. I'm also speaking at the National Apologetics Conference up at um, South Bay Calvary Chapel up in L.A. on October 13th. Uh, that's with Dr. Stephen Meyer and Veritas International University. So I'd uh, love to have you out at that. That's going to be a great opportunity also uh, to strengthen your faith and learn how to defend your faith. All kinds of amazing speakers are going to be out there. So what we're talking about today is, uh, was America founded uh, on Christian principles? Now you might ask yourself, hey, how is that an apologetics topic? What, what is that? Why should I care about that from an apologetic perspective? Well, here's why. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now, that's a, that is a propositional claim. The claim is that a nation that makes Yahweh their God is going to be blessed. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. It, it also, the Bible also says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, that, that's a, a loaded statement right there, a loaded propositional claim. What it's saying is, is that uh, righteousness, as defined by Yahweh, um, exalts a nation. So if you follow the principles outlined in Scripture that God um, has decided is what qualifies as righteous, then your nation will be exalted. But if you f- go into sin as he defines it, as Yahweh defines it, then uh, you will, you will uh, be in trouble. You, your nation essentially will suffer. And I would argue that that's exactly what we've seen in our country, uh, that the fact that we are approaching or, or maybe even over now $20 trillion in debt as a country um, is a direct relationship with our uh, values being shredded uh, over time. In, 1960, in, in 1962, uh, prayer was taken out of schools. In 1963, the Bible was removed from public schools. In 1968, evolution was mandated in public schools. And so um, in 1973, abortion was legalized uh, uh, nationally. And and then you have all these this domino effect. In 1970, no-fault divorce was legalized. So what we're doing is we're reaping the repercussions of pushing God out of the schools, right? The primary place where our kids get educated is in the schools. And this brings us back to today's topic. The topic we're talking about today is that in Texas, there's a reference to Moses in the social studies textbooks, in the high school textbooks. And a group of people are saying, we want Moses taken out of that, that textbook. Well, depending on whether we keep Moses in or we take Moses out has an impact, right? Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So we have to make a decision here uh, whether we're going to fight to keep Moses in, in the textbooks or not. Um, is it worth the fight? And I would say absolutely it is. Um, there's no doubt about it. The evidence is overwhelmingly clear that that's the case. So, uh, 
anyway, let's pick up where I left off from the last one. I was telling you about John Locke. He wrote a book called The Two Treatises of Government. And Richard Henry Lee said the Declaration of Independence was copied from that book. In that 400-page book, Locke refers to the Bible 1,500 times. That's almost three to four times per page that John Locke refers to the Bible um, in this 400-page book. And that book is the book that most influenced the Declaration. So right there, that is a a fact that um, we are influenced. We have a philosophical foundation uh, of biblical values, of biblical principles, of biblical thought. And and that's not all. Uh, The University of Houston did a study all the way back in 1984. And what they did was uh, two two guys, political scientists, Donald Lutz and Charles Heinemann, uh, these two guys got 15,000 items of American political commentary and published, they were published between 1760 and 1805. So what they did was they gathered all this, this information, 15,000 writings, and they wanted to analyze these writings and say, what is the sources that the founding fathers quoted? Okay, so you've got these founding fathers. They're, um, where are they getting their ideas from to build the Constitution? So what these two guys did was they took the 15,000 writings and they examined who and what was being quoted. They, they researched for 10 years and they were able to isolate 3,154 direct quotes. So they, they were able to take direct quotes and isolate them and find out exactly where they were coming from. So uh, when they, they then compiled this information in a book called The Origins of American Constitutionalism. And here's what they found. The single individuals quoted most often by the founding fathers were Charles Montesquieu. He was quoted at 8.3%. William Blackstone was quoted at 7.9%. And John Locke was quoted 2.9%. These three guys were the guys that were quoted more often than any other, um, any other source. But the, the source quoted more often, the most often, was the Bible. 34% of the founders' quotes came directly out of the Bible. Now, this is hard to even imagine. But one of every three quotes that they were able to isolate came directly from the Bible that the founding fathers were quoting. I think it's hard for us to understand how much the Bible filled these guys' minds. You know, uh, the Bible says, Meditate on God's law day and night so that you may be prosperous and successful. And these guys didn't have the distractions that we have. We have so many distractions. We have things like Facebook. We have tons of social media. We have professional sports. Uh, We have numerous uh, opportunities to be entertained. Uh, Video games and movies and all this stuff. They didn't have any of this stuff, right? They they didn't have video games. They had no social media. They They couldn't go to the movies. Uh, they didn't have professional sports like we have today, uh, no TV. And so what do these guys do with their time? Well, a lot of them, um, spent a lot of time writing and reading. That was a big part of what they did. And so you have guys that are memorizing huge portions of scripture. And so they're taking in all that scripture. And when they're putting the founding of the country together, when they're putting together our constitution and our declaration, they're pulling from that vast amount of knowledge about the scriptures, right? These guys all came from Christian backgrounds. Uh, every single guy that signed the declaration was a part of a Christian denomination, um, except for maybe two or three uh, who were 
quote, non-denominational. But still, uh, if you were to look at them today, you would consider them, hey, very much on the Christian side. They weren't all, two or three weren't completely orthodox, but for the most part, these guys all supported the truth of God's word. And um, we're coming up on another break here. I have one more segment left. Stick with me. I'm going to give you a few more evidences that just show how true it is that our country was founded on Christian principles uh, and the Bible. Uh, I'm going to be right back. Thanks for being with me. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Luke Gibson of LG Equipment supports Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Luke grew up in the construction industry and now serves LG's commercial and residential customers throughout Southern California. Whether you need grading, paving, hauling, demolition, on-site bulk water service, water trucks, tankers, and towers, call LG Equipment at 619-998-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-998-0924. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Welcome back to Educate for Life. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Thanks for all you guys who are streaming uh, and and watching me live here. Uh, Glad to have you here. And um, I'm going to be streaming the show from, from here on out every Friday at 1230 on Facebook. So if you have friends that you think, hey, they'd be interested in this or they, it'd be worth their time to, to listen to this show, uh, maybe they're skeptics about the Bible, maybe they, maybe they have questions about the Bible, uh, feel free to have them uh, watch the show and they can, they can write comments, they can uh, send questions, email me questions or text me questions. Uh, I love to get that stuff and I love to have uh, conversations with people about God and the Bible uh, because uh, it's a, a critically important subject. We need to know. Uh, what is going to happen after we die? That's an important question. I mean, is Buddha, Buddha right? Is, is uh, Muhammad right? Uh, is Charles Darwin right? Uh, who's right out of all these different people who have told us uh, or tried to answer questions, the big questions about life? Um, what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? Where am I going when I die? Uh, you know, what am I worth? All very, very important questions. I'm going to be having a coaching series, coaching and discipleship class. It's online. It's going to be live starting October 23rd. If you want to check it out, um, I've found that more than anything, uh, the best way to be able to become more comfortable sharing your faith and defending your faith is through discipleship. Uh, You know, that's what Jesus did with the 12 disciples for three years. It was discipleship. And so, you know, listening to a radio program is great and watching a video is great. But when it comes right down to it, I think the best thing we can do is build relationships with one another in which um, we, we are being discipled and we are discipling others. And so my goal um, through this coaching program 
is to impart some of the uh, knowledge and uh, wisdom that God has given me to help you get more comfortable sharing your faith, not being afraid to share your faith, and looking at your personality. Everybody's got a different personality, right? If you've ever taken one of the personality tests like Meyer Briggs or or whatever, or, or the one where they classify you as like a, a lion or an otter or a golden retriever, um, they, they give you these different cla- classifications. And we all have different temperaments. We all have different gifts God has given us. And what we want to do is adapt our evangelism to our personality temperament. Um, there's not one way to share the gospel. There are many ways to share the gospel. It, you don't just have to go down to the beach and, and meet people. For me, that's I'm very comfortable doing that. I love doing it. Um, and I, I love uh, being down there, giving people hot dogs and water. Uh, we're actually doing that tomorrow, uh, 10 to 12 down at Mission Beach. But I love doing that. But not everybody's comfortable um, going out and talking to people like that. Uh, so what we want to do is establish ways to help everybody find a niche in which they can share the gospel. If we're all uh, playing that part as the body of Christ, we're going to get the word out and we're going to be able to love people a lot more effectively than if we're all, right? You don't, wanna, you don't want an otter trying to be a lion or a lion trying to be a golden retriever. Let's all be uh, who God designed us to be and then fulfill, uh, fulfill the, the master plan of evangelism, the great commission through the personality temperaments that we have. So today what I'm talking about is, was our, our country founded on Christian principles? And we've just established two amazing evidences that our country truly was founded on Christian principles. The first one I established was that Richard Henry Lee said the Declaration of Independence was copied from John Locke's book, The Two Treatises of Government. And John Locke's book, The Two Treatises of Government, it's a 1,500-page book, references the Bible 1,500 times. That's three to, three to four times per page that John Locke references the Bible uh, as uh, the source of his principles for government. So that's the first evidence I've given you. The second evidence I've give, given you was the University of Houston study in which uh, two gentlemen uh, were able to isolate 3,154 direct quotes from the founding fathers and analyze where those quotes were drawn from. And what they found, political scientists Donald Lutz and Ch- Charles Heinemann were able to find out that Charles Montesquieu was quoted 8.3% of the time, William Blackstone 7.9% of the time, John Locke 2.9% of the time, and the Bible was quoted 34% of the time. One of every three quotes was directly from the Bible. Now, here's what's also really cool about this, is that those th- three guys that are quoted most often, those three individuals, all three of them were Christians. William Blackstone, his legal writings were the primary source for law um, in early American history. He was a very strong Christian. Charles Finney, he was one of the uh, most famous evangelists during the Second Great Awakening. He said that he was going to school to study law. He read so much of the Bible in William Blackstone's writings that he ended up becoming a Christian and a preacher instead of a lawyer. That just tells you how much William Blackstone referred to the Bible in his own writings. And so, you know, the next time somebody says to you, hey, our country wasn't founded on Christian principles, or our, our country was not founded on biblical values, our laws are not established on biblical values, you can say back to them, you can give them these two evidences. You know, we don't want to just have a screaming contest. Who can yell the loud, loudest? The country was founded on Christian principles. The, the country was not founded on Christian principles. We're not going to have a screaming contest back and forth. What we want to actually do is provide evidence for the truth. 
right? And so when we provide the evidence for the truth, then that helps people um, open their eyes and see, hey, wait a second, I better take a second look at this. Um, And I've got a few minutes left here before I have to wrap up, but here's a couple laws that are actually drawn directly from the Bible. This is Article 1, Section 8 in the Constitution on Uniform Immigration Laws. It's actually taken from Leviticus 19.34. It says, The alien living with you must, must be treated as one of your native born. Love him as yourself, for you are aliens in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, interestingly he, here, um, the, the American law says to treat somebody coming in, an immigrant can actually come in and become a full citizen. Not all countries allow this, Right. Uh, you can't go to China and become a full citizen of China. Uh, you can't go to many countries around the world and become a full citizen with all the rights that come with citizenship. But in America, you can. Now, of course, we have a big battle on immigration right now. And um, we, want, we want good, healthy immigration. We don't want illegal immigration. We want immigration that's following the rule of law and uh, having people come into the country, become citizens in an organized and orderly way. Um, that's very important. But the amazing thing, again, about America is that it supports immigration. And why? Because of the Bible. Love the alien as yourself, for you were aliens in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Absolutely phenomenal. Now, there's only one thing that, a, that an immigrant cannot do, and that is become president. The president, according to Article 2, Section 1 in the Constitution, the president must be a natural-born citizen. Now, where did they get that idea from? Well, amazingly, in Deuteronomy 17, 15, this is what it says. Be sure to appoint over you the king the Lord your God chooses. He must be from among your own brothers. Do not place a foreigner over you, one who is not a brother Israelite. So just like in the Bible, where a, an immigrant could have full citizenship, could, could become um, completely a part of Jewish culture, uh, in America, any immigrant from any country can become a complete full citizen, but they can't do one thing, they can't be a president. And that's because our founding fathers said, you know what? This Bible, this is true. This is a solid book. We want to base our country off the principles, the laws, the guidelines that are in the scriptures. And that's exactly what they did. And so, uh, you know, the Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. It says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So, that's what we want. So when in Texas, they're having a big argument right now over whether Moses should be in the social studies textbooks or not. Absolutely, he should. Um, and it's a sad fact that people aren't being taught about our Judeo-Christian heritage. You know, if you're a teacher out there, if you're an administrator out there, if, you're, if you have some sort of influence in the, the, school, uh, the schools of America, we need kids to learn about our heritage, our Judeo-Christian heritage. They need to know um, how the Bible influenced um, our culture and continues to influence our culture. Um, we haven't lost that influence. Um, you know that, you know, a lot of people say, ah, oh, America's going downhill and, and we're losing ground. There's a lot of really great things happening right now. Um, you know, it looks like we're going to have a new Supreme Court justice that's uh, got biblical values uh, here soon, uh, thank the Lord. And uh, we've got all kinds of good things happening. Um, you know, God, Jesus Christ discipled 12 people, and those 12 people changed the whole world. Uh, the, the world is radically changed because of the influence of 12 disciples of Christ, 12 imperfect people. And so, you know, we have 75% of people in America claim to be Christian. 
we are not even close to beyond hope. <laughs> so uh, there is never a time you're beyond hope when when you've got God on your side. Uh, the point is, is that we want to be on God's side. And so what we have to do is continually look at ourselves, look at the, our lives, and look at the decisions we're making and saying, hey, are my decisions actually decisions that are supported by what the Bible says? So we want to know the Word of God. Hey, so I hope you've uh, enjoyed the show today. And uh, this will be up on our YouTube channel not too long from now. It'll also be on our website if you want to learn more about it. If you really like this subject matter, what I covered, you can actually listen to all this stuff in a lot more detail in uh, my classes, 401, 402, and 403. They're all on my website, educateforlife.org. Check them out. You can watch them for free and uh, all kinds of good information there. Love to have your uh, support and prayers. So please uh, keep praying for my ministry. And um, I hope you have a fantastic day today in God. I hope he blesses you and encourages you. And I hope you continue to uh, be a light to the people around you and an encouragement to them. God bless you. And I hope you have a great day. I will see you next week. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry. We're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right, but that's alright.